Just a couple dudes. <laughs> oh man, I love this song. Oh, it's too good. Oh. Early St. Patrick's Day, just a couple dudes episode with Anthony Cole. I'm your one of your hosts, Eric Flatiger. What's up, y'all? How you doing? What's up, it's Anthony dude? here. <laughs> Gosh, oh, man. Yeah, that song. It's not a classic, but it should be. Yeah, and you know who showed me this song was uh, Jeffrey Pogrant. Oh, our Jeffrey! We're in San Diego, 2017, St. Patrick's Day, and we're all, you know, been drinking, going bar hopping, and then uh, we get in the Uber or whatever, and Jeff just DJ Jeff turns on this song, and I just I never heard it before. Yeah. Well, it's funny is I wasn't even on that trip, uh, but we went to San Diego about a year ago. And, yeah. and uh, oh, dude, I love that. Kid. I know. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I think of. I think of San Diego too, because I just, it was probably, we went bar hopping that day. We went to 13 different bars, right? In we one did. Day? Uh, yeah, yeah, we were doing yeah. one and duns. We just went one, yeah. One. Well, one and duns for like the first seven bars. Yeah. And then we started getting more. But yeah, we were like on our like sixth, seventh bar, and then that came on. And dude, I just, it's a crowd it. pleaser. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, we were going to try and get some Guinnesses for this episode, but uh, the Circle K I went to didn't have any Guinness. Yeah, is this so, even America? Yeah. What's going on? But uh, what are we drinking today, Anthony? Oh, we got the Kilt Lifter. So got we went to four the closest peaks. thing. Oh, yeah. Four it's peaks. a Scottish-style amber ale. Right. You know, the Irish and Scottish, they kind yeah. of both have like red hair. They're the same thing. They're the same, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure they all wear oh, kilts, man. right? So, uh Get that bottle opener? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Let's crack them open. Let's get this thing going. Ooh. Oh, that just sounded I sexy. love the sound of that. Oh, is that one mine? Oh, yeah. Let me get you. Ooh. Yes. There we go. Come on, clink. Yes, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Ooh. that is good. I'm going to pour That's mine good. I haven't had a kill lifter in, like, a very, very long time. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, especially, I mean, it, is it from here in Phoenix, right? It is. It's, oh, not Phoenix. I think, uh, it? well, it's Four Peaks. Where's Four Peaks? <sighs> Te- oh, Tempe. Yeah, oh, Tempe. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I had it a couple years ago and I haven't had it since. But yeah, it's really good. It's a little dark it's ale. It's an amber. Yeah, it's an amber for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it's oh, good man. though. Um, there is, it's hard to beat Guinness though. It is hard to beat. It's so good. I it's, love Guinness. Everyone has like a, a memory attached to Guinness. They either love it or they hate it. Yeah, know? I well for the longest time, uh, me and the boys, all we drank was like Miller Lite or light beer stuff like that. And uh, there was one day I remember because I was with our mutual friend Danny, and I forgot where we were. I think we were at like the Moon Saloon in Peoria, and. I just saw someone with a Guinness, and I was like, hey, I'm going to get a Guinness. I'm just going to try it. And I always used to make fun of it, like, oh, gross, coffee, cigarette, beer. And uh, mm-hmm. we mean, Nobody. actually, I made Danny try it, too. And, like, my first sip, I was, like, I was just sold. It was my, so good. See, mine was, I was 20 years old, and I went to a Buffalo Wild Wings to watch a fight with some friends. This is in Arkansas. And uh, long story short, Ooh. all my buddies were over 21. And I wasn't. And so that she went down the line, boom, boom, what do you want? What do you want? And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, what do you want, babe? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. about to get a beer. <laughs> like, I did not expect this, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I went bigger. I went home. You know, I was like, I've never had a dark. I was like what you said. Like, I had the Miller Lights. So yeah, you just course. drink, you know, you grew up drinking light yeah, beer. Yeah, that's what you did in high school. It was cheap beer. Pilsner. And, you know, yeah, exactly. And you couldn't even buy it. You know, someone else had to buy it for you. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so uh, I was just like, yeah, give me a tall Guinness. 
And she's like, ooh, okay, you know? And then, oh, it was terrible at first. Oh, my first time I had it, I just did not like it at all. It tasted like just grounded up soil to me. Dude, well, beer, when you first have it, is just awful oh yeah, yeah your first beer is just gross oh it is oh yeah do you uh, do you remember your first beer no honestly i was trying to think i i can't yeah i can't remember not for like like oh i just had too many that day i couldn't remember i'm like no i just i can't really recall because i think the first time i'd ever tried you were so young. alcohol you, you were born with a bottle in your hand is that yeah. what it was oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first time i tried like anything like hard was tequila it was jose when we were all like 16 remember that day no we weren't 16 or 14 dude. We were, i don't know yeah we were like 14 and i just tasted it. i didn't even like take a shot's worth or anything i poured a drop like a tiny drop on my tongue and just flipped out and oh, i was dude. like i all cannot did. believe how disgusting this is i had like a cap full i filled up the water yeah. bottle cap took a shot of that and i was literally like Carlos, remember it was Carlos yeah. Carlitos, the one that grabbed it, and uh, I was like, "This is not. What is this? Like, this is what? not tequila." Yeah, yeah. I, I thought tequila was gonna at least be like, somewhat approachable. <laughs> I know. We're like, <laughs> "How do they drink it in the movies?" There's no way. We were freaking. We were. In, I think we were like going to freshman year. I think we were eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah, and it made it worse because remember he stole it from his parents' liquor cabinet and he poured it into a water bottle he did yeah oh, oh tequila's are jose is already bad enough then to, to actually oh. pour it out of an old water bottle yeah that's that's bad <laughs> we, but we oh. used to drink out of a garden hose oh yeah we did remember that yeah. we're tougher for it yeah that's why we don't that's have why coronavirus. we don't have coronavirus <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i know dude oh man oh shoot but uh yeah that was a gnarly gnarly tequila shot and we did not even finish that bottle <laughs> no yeah no not even i think we poured most of it out oh we i think we poured all of it out yeah <laughs> like we were like there's no way but uh oh man good times though but uh well the the episode today oh yeah is about it's another one we've already done mental health um with frank and myself but we kind of wanted to revisit mental health because on the last you know the coronavirus episode that we did we talked a little bit about um anthony some of his background living in arkansas for 10 years he moved from here he actually got married was married Mm -hmm. for a while um and had a whole life had a whole another 10 years from 18 to like 28 basically out in arkansas and then uh that came to a close and so we kind of wanted to talk about that because it was a huge point um, cause me and Anthony, we're like, you know, we're best friends. We've been best friends for a long time, but, uh, we went through a pretty long period of time now. If you think about it, yeah, when dude, it Anthony was, was in Arkansas, uh, where we didn't talk and it wasn't really like at first there's a little animosity when he first left. Cause you're like, Oh, one of your boys is leaving then you don't talk. So you get all butthurt. Cause you're like, Oh, you know, like what and the we're hell? Young. And we're young. We're like 18 we're, years we old. We were like 18. 18. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but then I kind of, I went through this period of time where it was kind of crazy cause Anthony was doing all this stuff in Arkansas and then we, you know, life moves on and you kind of just think like, he's like, like he's just gone. Yeah. Like we don't really talk. I don't keep up. Memory. He's just like this fleeting memory. Like he's gone. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, Anthony Guess just came back. back. Yeah. <laughs> it all happened at once because our, our good friend, Jeff, that we mentioned earlier, um, he's he had been married, but he they were going to actually do um, renew ceremony. their vows and do yeah. a ceremony out in Florida. And at the same time that we were all going to go to Florida, I heard some news about Anthony, which yeah. pretty much floored me because I didn't know. But it was like perfect timing because then we got to go all out to Florida and kind of rekindle our friendship, but also kind of like... 
Yeah, help me out. Yeah, help oh, Anthony dude. out in a big way. And so we kind of want to go into that story. Yeah, so today's episode is, there's a good reason we got alcohol today. It's about breakups. Breakups. We got to just drink away our sorrows. <laughs> I think I know? found a perfect song for that. Oh, well, oh, is this a different one? But there's going to be an ad. Yeah. Oh. I was just looking up. I always like to kind of cue a little a little oh, soothing yeah. music, but, yeah. you know, with YouTube. Music is like emotion. Yeah. Like audio emotion. It is. You remember this? Love hurts. <laughs> we're gonna get to that in the background. But. Oh yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So where do I begin? Okay, so let's just talk about when I first leave, right? Uh, let's let this riff for is a it second. White Snake. This is um Nazareth. Nazareth. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, no other man. stuff by them. But yeah, so let's back it up a little bit. You're. Yeah, want to so start we, from the beginning, or where do we want to go with it? Yeah, yeah, I'll, we're just going to roll with it. We'll, we'll see where yeah. it goes. So, yeah, I mean, we wanted to talk about this because I've uh, been, let's just say, I've been through a divorce. So, pretty big breakup. One of the big ones. The big D. Um, and everyone has gone through breakups. Everyone's gone through uh, hard times. Uh, everyone, and not everyone, but a lot of people have been betrayed. You know, a majority of people have been betrayed. So... We talked about how I bit this is something I've been through. I fell it's still a journey. Um, but I, for the most part I'd say I've successfully made it through. Yeah. Oh definitely, yeah. And so because of that, I was like, you know, this is something that I don't necessarily want to talk about, but I do feel like I could help I, I could help someone else out, maybe, even if I just help out one person. Oh, for know? sure, man. You know, and so I guess we'll just start when I first leave. And it was a last minute decision when I left. I uh, went to visit family in Arkansas. I have one set of cousins there and essentially decided to stay there. Yeah. Can I, can I give a little more context too? Yeah. So imagine it's like high school graduation. You're 17, 18 years old. You got all these plans, but part of your plans are like, oh, we're all going to go to college. You know, mm-hmm. we'll be at community college. You guys are going to go to ASU. You kind of have all these plans. You just want to be with your friends. Me and Taylor were talking about being roommates. One of our other, yeah, one of our other yeah. closest friends. Like, our group is like this super tight knit group. And it was kind of like we're just this little mini rock that's oh, unbreakable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, a Anthony goes. of, of friends of friendship yeah. yeah anthony leaves goes to arkansas then all of a sudden he comes back and i just get this news he's like hey i'm moving to arkansas and mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like one of those like dramas where like this couple like this brand new couple is going to get engaged and then the guy's like i just got a job in philadelphia and then the girl's like i have an internship in la and it's like <laughs> yeah they or won't they it was kind of like that's how it felt Dude, like a well, dagger you know- I feel like sometimes I'm like that. My life is like, like yeah. a novella. Like, yeah. It's, it's a dramatic. Dude, it is. It's, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. You know? I'm sure we all feel like that sometimes. A novella. But yeah, it was. I do remember that. I oh, was like, seriously. I know it sounds crazy. But yeah, I'm moving to Arkansas. And so go to Arkansas and uh, essentially I meet this sweet southern lass. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah. And she was. She's a sweet person. You know, you met her before. You know? Yeah, she was a sweetheart. Homeschool, little southern belle. That's what yeah, we always called her. She seem homeschooled, though. You know, no. immediately think weirdo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just meant that in like small no, but town. It's true. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah. You know, she's from Little Rock, you know, which is, you know, whopping, I don't know. 200,000 people, maybe 100,000, you know, but, uh, no, yeah, totally had that small town vibe to her, you know, it was cool, it was funny, you know, all those things, right? Well, anyways, 
So I was also a person that I never committed in high school. I just always wanted to hang oh, with the Anthony boys and like, just date around. Not really like player because it wasn't like because no, yeah, we were so churchy kind of. Yeah, we were. We were, we were like boys. we were. Oh, gosh, we were the weirdest group because we were like popular. Well, I was popular by association, yeah. and then yeah, because you but, came late. Yeah, but to high, like to this high school, we would just like do weird stuff, like make little bombs and TP people. And we were mischievous. We were like the perfect combination of like and we were good boys, school but we flirt. also kind of bad boys. Yeah, yeah. and Anthony yeah. was definitely like the school flirt. Oh, like yeah. every girl, like there would just be like groups of girls, like six, seven girls, all giggling and laughing. <laughs> oh, I remember Anthony was telling us a story that God, I hated him too because I went to a different high school than all the guys, and I remember just being like this quiet, like I hated life, like literally hated fifteen-year-old, like you know, little freshman sitting by himself, kind of a deal. Yeah, you all. And your then best friends Anthony's are telling school. me stories like, "Oh, dude, you remember so and so? Like some cheerleader. She was a junior, and you were a freshman, and you were making her laugh and giggle, and you thought she had a crush on you. She probably did. Uh, and it was like Anthony's a freshman making juniors giggle. I don't even remember. Yeah, she was a cheerleader. Dang, I remember because I remember it was like for freshman football practice. You went and you guys saw like the varsity cheerleaders, and oh. Anthony was literally making the varsity cheerleaders yeah, laugh. I do remember this now. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was hot too. Yeah, I wonder dude. how she's doing. I don't remember. Her I wonder name, how she's doing right now. How you doing? I'm single now. Yeah. <laughs> Did I mention I'm divorced? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, dude. Oh, I do remember her. She yeah. was. She was a cutie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a blonde. I can't remember her name. Gosh, I don't know. I just remember all the boys telling me the story, and I remember thinking like. What the hell, man? Oh, yeah. I just like this miserable freshman at another school. Anthony's got varsity cheerleaders. Just no, and I did it. No, dripping. no, no. You're going to make my head bigger than it already is. No, no, no. It wasn't like that. I was just having fun. I, you know, if there's a spotlight, I want to get in it. Yeah. You know, I yeah. love the spotlight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. So, yeah, there's some more background, I guess. Anthony Here decides I, to stay in Arkansas. So then I decide to stay in Arkansas. Meet this sweet little girl, right? Long story short. Yada, yada, yada. Like, and we. I mean, we were just so smitten by one another. I mean, I remember people on college campus being like, they are just the cutest couple. They're so in love, you know, all that stuff. And we were. We were. Absolutely were. And um, so then we get married. And we're and, and here's another thing. There's so many people that are going to roll their eyes when they hear this. We got married young. I got married two months before I turned 21. Right? Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Babies. Oh, yeah, yeah, total babies. Yeah, I meet 20-year-olds, and I'm like, I can't believe I got married at that age. Oh, yeah, we you couldn't even legally drink yet. If my kid tries to get married at 20, I'm just going to straight up be like, no, you're not getting married, dumbass. Just think about it. You <laughs> like, know? You're like, no, you're not doing that. I will not allow it. It makes sense if it was like the 1940s. Yeah, I don't know why it makes more sense, but it does. I don't know either. Yeah. Just did. So, well, we got to have kids. Yeah. We got to have 15 17. kids, you know, to raise all this cattle and pigs. Yeah. You know? And she is a woman. Yeah. I'm sure, like, you know, seven of our kids are going to die anyways. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, people just died all the time back then, you know? Yep. But, um, okay, anyways. So, things are good. They're gravy, right? And, obviously, things take a turn for the worst, right? And, you know, things felt happy, and a lot of it, too, was me also being in denial. There was a lot of things uh, that I would kind of make, you know, when you love somebody, you make excuses for them, kind of. And so there was little things that she did that 
I would just, oh, that's just her, you know? Yeah. Uh, a lot of like silly little things, like forgetful and all that stuff, uh, or just lie, a little lies, you know? But man, yeah. the little lies can start becoming big lies, let me tell you. Oh, dude, yeah. You, you don't, you know, you don't fall from that you know, fall from grace like that, just in one big giant heap. I mean, I guess sometimes it happens like that, it's but I think the fade. majority of life is like a slow, yeah. like creeping drip, you know, oh, yeah, it yeah. becomes a small drip becomes a puddle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Um, and so, well, I don't even, I don't even want to like just sit here and like put the blame on her, you know, exactly. Cause there were, so essentially let's just cut to the, uh, the chase. She ended up having an affair with one of my best friends yeah. in Arkansas. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't just like a one-time thing. They were like in a relationship for like 18 months by the time I found out. Gosh, dude. Yeah, so we were married for five and a half years together for about eight. Yeah. And uh, then I get hit with the news with that. And I had suspicions before. but um, So then now I'll back up a little bit. So about where um, she... Yeah, yeah, she cheated, but there were things that I did that you know pushed her away, mm-hmm. and that's important uh, for that because what I did was I realized I had made mistakes, I had weaknesses, you know, as a man, and if I don't want this to happen again, I needed to accept that. Like, yeah. Hey, I need to get better. Yeah. You know, your end goal should be you want to be the best person you can be, right? Yep. And sometimes it takes you, you know, you got to fall on your ass to realize, like, dude, I need to get better. You know? Yeah. And so, um, you know, and a little bit was like before, you know, I was working too much. I was working overtime a lot. I was in school. So I wasn't very present, you know. Uh, when I was there, I was there. I was lively, having fun with her, loved her, you know, there with friends. But I just literally wasn't there a lot because I mm-hmm. was busy, you know. So that was one thing. I didn't give enough time for someone that I love, you know, right? Uh, two... That I'd kind of like, it's like I almost, marriage can do this to guys. And I, I, you know, divorce guy, any guy that's been married or been even in a long-term relationship, you can start to become tame in a way when you're you're in a long relationship with a woman where you kind of lose that, like, that manhood where you're you're not scared to fight, you know? Like, you know, before you're not scared to fight, you know, if someone disrespects you, you're going to be like, you're going to... You know, yeah voice that hungry dogs run faster yeah dude yeah. you know yeah you yeah exactly you're just like a dog you yeah know? but um but then you start to get like ah, oh, it's whatever it's not worth it you become more passive you know like ah i'm not gonna sit there and try to get in a bar fight just because he hit on my girl or, yeah or you know or or because he you know disrespects me it's like whatever you or know? you it's, feel like well like i'm married like one of the things about you know when you're going on a first date or a second day you like someone and it's so new, you're like, you're going to shave, you're going to find a good outfit, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to go to the gym that morning and you're like, okay, I want to look good, do my hair. And then once, I mean, if you're married, you hear it all the time or people who are in a relationship like, eh, like she's with me. How do I have to look as nice? We're in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get comfortable. You yeah. get, dude, being comfortable. This is, this could almost be an episode in itself. Getting comfortable is a dangerous thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's really what it was. You're, you made a good point. I got too comfortable. You know, I just wasn't working out as much. I wasn't playing, sp- you know, intramural sports or anything mm-hmm. as much. And the things that she was attracted to in me, I was no longer doing, you know? Yeah. So I made myself less attractive to her, you know? Um, and then and then things kind of, she tried to start her own business and uh, essentially it failed. Long yeah. story short, 
just it just did not work out. Yeah, and uh, that was part of the reason I was working so much overtime was because I was trying to get this thing to work for her. You yeah. Know? Um. So then naturally she's defeated. Uh, she starts she starts going through a little bit of depression, and you know and it's it's a hit for me too. I'm working all the time. This didn't work out and. Uh, I was even a little depressed, you know, and the problem was is that she kind of looked for happiness in a different, you know, in the wrong area, yeah. you know, uh, and it was, you know, my friend, you know, that I con- or considered a friend, you know. Uh, yeah, not actually a friend. Yeah, yeah, no. It's kind of yeah, actually a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's actually a fuck face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. But, um... But yeah, and oh, and let's address that actually. So when I say friend, this isn't like someone. I mean, I'm talking like I went to his sister's weddings. Like me and his dad would go and see scary movies. Like I knew his family. Like this was like a good, good friend. Yeah. Uh, like I'd spent the night at his house, you know, and just like hung out, play video games. You know, if Emily was out of town or something, you know, like we were buds. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um. So yeah, so they start having an affair, and I and I don't find out immediately, but I immediately had uh, suspicions, like mm-hmm. that gut feeling, you know. And uh, one thing I've learned through all this is just do not uh, like your gut feeling is there for a reason, you know. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, and if it's like if you're religious, then it's like that's the spirit in you, like telling you like, hey, something is up, you know. And uh, so uh, you know, so I had asked her. I even confronted him uh, twice about it. Um, like, hey, is there something going on between you two? Like, what, what, what is going on? You know? And, you know, of course, you know, him, he was like, oh, no, 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 we're all just friends, you know? And uh, her, she was, you know, she was like, no, nothing's going on. But then if I kept bringing it up, because I was like, no, there's just like, I never saw anything, like, but I could just see the chemistry they had, right? Dude, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. I truly, truly believe that people, like our brains and the way we are, we're like receivers we're like antennas oh yeah it's almost like we're radios and that's why people can you know people talk about body language they talk about a look just mm. looking at somebody oh, dude. and you can see it and you can sense it that's why people are like oh can you feel the tension it's like yeah you can literally feel it without oh, physically absolutely. touching it absolutely and you, you know and people you should always trust your gut Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you, we grow up hearing about it, but then you can talk yourself out of it. And there's you know? actually even science behind um, your gut yeah? and that, too. Have you heard of that? I mean, it, expound on it. Yeah, so, um, gosh, I forgot what it is. Like, there's, cert- there's some kind of uh, neurons that are in your brain that has the most receptors. It's like, you know, 2 billion or 3 billion or something like that. And then there's literally, like, the same receptors are like, they say, like, you know, people are like, oh, follow your heart. But, like... There's literally actual mm-hmm. the same kind of receptors that are in your heart, but it's something like in the hundreds of thousands, which really isn't that much compared to your brain being in the billions. But then they've actually done like the same studies on your gut, your, your gut biome. Oh, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like not on par with your brain, but it's like quadruple the amount of your heart. And that's why people say you can feel it in your gut in the same way you would like in your, in your brain because you literally have the same kind of uh, receptors going on uh, in your gut health, dude, you're absolutely right. Actually, okay, so I didn't, I didn't know where you're getting yeah. at with that, but yeah, so they actually call your gut the second brain. Yeah, 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 no, no kidding. Uh, so I think is it you have like a total of like eighty billion nerves. Yeah, something like that you know. Yeah, something like that. Um, 
And yet the second most behind your brain, like where like location wise in your body is your gut. your gut. And that's yeah. why you can feel like Isn't that crazy. And haven't you literally felt physically felt oh, like a, in your stomach, you can feel it in your stomach. stomach. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. that's why you feel it there. It's like there's actual nerves yeah. physically, you oh, know, firing, funny. telling you. It, something's oh, it's crazy. alerted. Yeah, we need to look into that more. That, yeah, we should, dude. Yeah. I know. I know, man. It's interesting. Um, so, yeah, so I ignored my gut. You know, I'm asking her about it. And, you know, of course she denies it. He denies it. But then it kind of gets to the point where she is like, you are literally crazy. You are imagining this whole thing. And I start believing it. I start going to counseling. I was like, look, I just, I was like, I just feel like my wife is cheating on me. And, like, they're not and yeah. you know of course counselor isn't that the crazy thing about just the human experience is that somebody could tell you like anthony this this pen is blue and you're like i swear to god i'm looking at it it's red yeah but if enough people say it's blue you'll question it oh you want to believe the person you love and you're like your so heart. so yeah. even with that yeah, yeah you're like yeah but and it's like no mm-hmm. like they tell you the opposite but you're you're just and yeah. then you feel crazy when someone yeah. tells oh, you that dude. Absolutely. Because every fiber of your soul wants it to be not true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So, yeah, that's, you're in denial. Yeah. Dude, honestly, part of the reason I think I got through my grief so fast was because I lived in denial. So, you know, the five stages of grief, what is that? Like the, it's like the Coopler Ross model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it is. You You know what's Uh, up. Oh, I did research when I was going through all this shit. (laughs) You might Um, as well, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so what is it? It's uh, denial, mm-hmm. anger. Uh, is it bargaining next? I don't know. You would know. Bargaining. I want to say it's bargaining. Depression and then acceptance, right? And um, so during while you're in those stages, you can bounce. It's not like you go from this one to this one to this one. It's not like a. It's a circle, you know. Yeah. And you can bounce around. You know, sometimes you can be like. You know, you feel like you've accepted this, and then all of a sudden something happens, and you feel anger, that anger again. You know, yeah. And um, that's actually really important that you kind of brought that up about like, you know, you want to believe this, but I lived in denial. I wanted to believe my best friend. I wanted to believe, or my best friend in Arkansas. I, you know, I've always said we'll like, get into that distinction later. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There's a difference between best friends and the boys. Yeah. But um, anyway, so I wanted to bring my, I wanted to believe my best friend. I wanted to believe my wife. The person i loved you know um and so yeah i just i did not trust my gut feeling i didn't you know went to this counseling and stuff like that i was probably in it for maybe like two months or so you know and i've been dealing with this for i don't know about 15 months at this point you know finally i'm just like dude i'm i'm crazy apparently i need to go to counseling yeah um Long story short, uh, her mom is actually the one that tells me. Her mom had known about it for about nine months that they were, you know, they had expressed the feelings to one another and they were like hanging out behind my back and you know, all that kind of stuff. It's awful. Um, so that all happened and essentially it just all falls apart from there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, and then... Let's see, I'm just, man, this is so, like, I haven't thought about it in a while, like, because it's like I've kind of buried the hatchet, you know, because I'm yeah, not you mad close at her. That. Yeah, it's like I'm not, I have no no more anger for her, but I also, it's not like something you want to just think of every detail, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, now, now it's over, essentially, and I am in deep depression. I was already kind of feeling depressed because I was, like, in denial, thinking I was crazy, 
Um, I even tried uh, through the counseling. I tried SSRIs, you know, some antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Dude, was so much worse for me. Um, oh really? Yeah, one of the side effects of uh, SSRIs, Depression? suicidal thoughts. Oh okay, oh, dude. Like literally, like all of a sudden I was hit with these su crazy suicidal thoughts and stuff. And tried two different. Uh, went, first one was Zoloft. I don't remember what the second one was. Um, and then I was like, no, these just I, I can't do SSRIs. Can know? I can I ask a question about that? Yeah. So when you get thoughts like that, um, I think for everyone it's probably different, but. Is it is it like a third person kind of a thought or is it like a first person thought? Like is it I suck, I don't want to be here or is it like you suck, you don't want to be here? You know what I mean? Cuz I think there's a like kind of a distinction. Mine was more like I always wonder, you know, how people perceive it. Mine was more like it would be so much easier if I just was not alive anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't even like necessarily that I hated myself and a lot of people do yeah. experience that. Mine was more like I am just so unhappy. Yeah, like I this pain see is this, so much. This pain, yeah, exactly. It was like, in fact, uh, it just felt like just like a knife going through you. And you know, you're finally you're like, I can't take yeah. this anymore. I just want this knife to kill me. I just want this to be over with. Right? Yeah. You know, and I kind of had, I had those feelings of like life being easier if I wasn't here before I really would even say that I went through like the darkest depression. When I got the suicidal thoughts, that's when I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it was like when I got on the meds, you know, when I'm in this counseling and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, I, I got to get off this. Like, I'm going to I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, it if was you, a crazy. Yeah, if you continue, if continue down that path. This, yeah, it was it was crazy. Man. Yeah. So I get off the medication and um, yeah. Anyways. Um, so then, yeah, things are all said and done. Essentially, we are now separated. Um, but, you know, she's kind of like talking. Oh, well, maybe we'll work things out. And. Long story short, I found out they're like still hanging out all the time, and I was like, "No, fuck that," you know. So, uh, so once I find out they're still all hanging out and stuff, mm -hmm. and the divorce paperwork gets filed, I was, I then go through like the deepest, probably the deepest part of depression I've gone through. Yeah, and uh, luckily. Um, my mom flew to Arkansas like immediate. Like I told my mom immediately what happened. That this was all going down, you know, and all that. And she flew, she bought a flight for the very next day, was there the next day. And I remember this two week period where I lost, uh, I lost 15 pounds in two weeks, dude. Because I was gonna, I was gonna yeah. say, like, the last I'd seen Anthony, because before he got rid of social media, you know, I was like, fat Anthony and happy. Got, yeah, yeah, Anthony I was, was fat, fat and happy. happy. He, I was like, damn, Anthony got big, you know. Yeah, for, for Anthony because he's always been like super athletic. I mean, he's probably fit, still athletic, yeah. but yeah, like really fit. Yeah. Um, and then I saw this picture, and before I knew anything had happened, I saw a picture of Anthony smoking a cigar, uh -huh. and he looked like I, I had to do a double take because uh -huh. I was like, "Is that Anthony?" The last picture I saw Anthony, he just looked like this big fisherman, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know? And then yeah. I see this picture, and he's like. Looks like he's down 20 pounds. Yeah. And then I remember thinking that. And then, like, you know, we got the news another week later. And I was like, dang, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's totally yeah. what it was. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I was probably like 35 pounds overweight. I think mm -hmm. I weighed like 220. You know, yeah. I'm about six foot, weighed about 220. So yeah. I wasn't like massive, but I was big. You yeah. Know? I was yeah. the biggest I've ever been, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and um, 
so yeah so i lose those 15 pounds you know my mom's there for she was there for about the full two weeks and while this is all happening you know i'm working full time and i just started nursing school i found out two days after my first exam in nursing school that my wife is having an affair god Talk about like, dude, it was rough. You know, dude, it's not like so I, I could put my even, life on pause. I couldn't just not go to work. I couldn't just not go to school. Like I had to keep going. I can't even imagine, man, because I just know like I've been through breakups and stuff, but nothing that where there's like a covenant behind it. Oh yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. marriage is a covenant. It's yeah. like sacred. Oh, yeah, it's di- yeah, it's it it is a little different, especially when you got years and years behind. Yeah, it, and I know? just. You know, and I've been infatuated before in my life. Yeah, I won't call it love because it yeah, wasn't love. No, because yeah. you, in retrospect, you always realize you're just infatuated with this person because you can convince yourself of that. And I was young, but like when you lose someone like that when you're young and stuff, like the pain is, is I don't know, it's so funny how the pain of a breakup can be so just cr- like it crushes you. Oh, deflates dude. you. Oh, but yeah. I can't imagine that on steroids, which would be being married for years and then it's over yeah i think and i think you know some people aren't as you know empathetic to it or whatever but i think of it you, if you really think of it if you end a relationship with somebody who's been in your life like that they might as well have died you know like absolutely it is a loss like oh, you yeah. lost that person well that, you that, lost uh, that connection kubler ross model i was telling you about mm-hmm. is that it's grief about loss of like i think it was developed in the clinical setting about yeah. the loss of a loved one like you know like someone who's died and it does feel like that yeah it feels like someone, it's a loss yeah it, and it's almost even worse at some points because it's like this person chose someone else over me someone that i love with all my heart you know oh dude that is the worst when it's somebody else oh, too yeah oh yeah cuz i've experienced that cuz then you you ha- like you have yeah. no choice but to think like it was me like it's me like oh, what's yeah. wrong with me oh, yeah. and so you just think there's something wrong with you even though yeah, you know there's absolutely. probably nothing wrong with you yeah absolutely yeah so okay so we kind of talked about the history We've known that this was really, really bad, and and I know to those that are listening, you've gone through similar things. A really hard, maybe it's not even a breakup, but yeah. maybe it was some kind of loss, something terrible, some kind of traumatic event in your life, right? Um, you know, uh, so you can resonate with that. But this is okay. So now we'll just start the journey of how I got through it. Right? Okay, you ready for another? Uh yeah, uh, the kilt lifter. That's yeah, how fast we go through these beers, man. Dude, that's this like, beers and stories, man. Like that's how that's how men do it. Oh, oh yeah. Well, dude, breakup stories too. That'll really oh, speed yeah. up the drinking. You it's know? either ice cream or beer. Yeah, exactly. Give me. Oh, I'm a chocolate man, dude. The dark chocolate. Oh, dude, I love some good dark chocolate. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think men like chocolate more than women. Hey, you know, it's like a old like wives' tale. I feel like dude. that women love it, but no, every woman I talk to, they're like. Oh, I like, I like I like milk chocolate. Yeah, You're like that's not even like real. sugar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not cacao. Yeah, yeah. Give cacao. me some cacao, cacao. baby, or however yeah. you say cacao, cacao. Or what? I don't even know. Yeah, it's actual drug. Did you know that? Oh yeah. Chocolate. Well, yeah, it's got um, serotonin in it. Yeah. Or or maybe it helps you release serotonin. Maybe we're way off track, but while we're off the rails right now, real quick, I heard the most crazy story. It was this guy. Uh, Gosh, I forgot his name. Something Kingsbury. And uh, not Cliff, the coach, but another Kingsbury. But he did a, I think, a 48-hour water fast to, like, clear his whole system. And you're just kind of, like, in this fasting mode. And then he drank, like, it was like a milkshake. But it's not even a milkshake because it's, it's just a pure 100% cacao. Oh, yeah? And he said he got, like, high, like a weird euphoric high 
from that. Oh, hell yeah. And I was like, sign me up. Oh, oh yeah. this sounds so cool, dude. Dude, it's so funny <laughs> that you brought up fasting. That was one of the things I did to even get through, um, like to get through the breakup almost in a way. Yeah, so I've, oh, been, I've done fasts, you know. Yeah. And I'll, I'll talk about that later. Uh, but uh, Cheers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we get yeah, it this. Clean. All right. Let's get it clean. There we go. Um, so, okay, so the first thing. So, boom, you find out you've been betrayed. You're going through a hard time. Or, you know, you just gone through a bad breakup. Uh, yeah. I'd say the first step, don't retaliate. Um, yeah, like, that makes sense. you can make your own life worse. You can, like, literally go to jail if you attack somebody. Like, because, trust me, I wanted to fucking kill that dude. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And then, even, and then, or, you know, and even her, you're like, I just want them dead. Because you're just so angry, you know? And I will say this. It's okay to be angry. And it's good to feel anger. You know, you can't lie. Your emotions cannot lie. Yeah, and don't lie to yourself either. And yeah, don't lie like, to yourself. Everything's fine. No, yeah, yeah. Shaking. Do, yeah, yeah, exactly. Quivering. <laughs> I'm <know>? okay. <laughs> it's okay. No, meanwhile, a breeze can blow <laughs> yeah. you over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Don't lie about your Your emotions are real, so embrace that. You know, feel how you really feel. And, and um, you know, really know yourself. What's that famous saying? It's like, know thyself. Yeah. You know, you really should. So when you're feeling those emotions, go through it. And, you know, that could be uh, could be anger. could be loneliness. could be fear. Now you're going to be alone yeah. forever. Or, I think it's to not, to, what is it? To know thyself is true? Oh, that sounds good to me. Yeah. So to know yourself, like that's the only truth is knowing your, how you feel in yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'd say it's so important in life, but especially if you've lost yourself a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, to to realize the importance. The number one thing to do is to know yourself. Know, because then you can, because basically what's just happened is you are going through a problem, a serious problem, maybe the most serious problem you've ever been through. The good thing about problems is problems can be solved. Mm-hmm. So know the problem. Know what you're going through. Um, and I know I even to kind of even, I never really did this before, but you know, I was doing all this research, how to get better. You know, like yeah. I, I remember, um, I just, I felt like I could never be happy again, you know? And so I'm like, how do I get through that? I was just doing so much research. And, uh, one of the things it talked about was even just writing about your emotions, you know? And so I don't know why I never done this before. Really? I remember it in uh, high school and stuff. I enjoyed writing poetry. It was fun to me. You mm-hmm. had to be creative and choose weird words that rhymed, you know, and all that. Yeah. Stuff. You just expressed yourself in a slam poetry. Yeah, dude, it was, I mean, you know, it's so funny. And then, so I went and I, I wrote poetry actually while I was going through this that's awesome yeah it was it was a lot of Dude, it was more free verse for years now um yeah. more like you know it's been on and off it's not like I journal every day for the last you know 10 years but starting when I was like 20 I just started writing I love writing yeah and I'm not I suck at it I'm not grammatical I really don't I don't even know where to put a semicolon I don't even know what it is Oh, dude, that's a, I, I know that one it's yeah. fun to know and you uh you know my girlfriend and now she's just like she's a grammar writing like queen like she knows like she's she, a grammar even Nazi. when she yeah she is and even when we text it's like perfectly placed commas and and stuff and i'm like god i'm such an idiot but i love writing and to me it's yeah. just word vomit you just uh-huh. pour your guts into a page oh yeah yeah and it's no, amazing yeah. oh, and when yeah. you read it later like i still have journals from uh like t- 2015 when I went to South Africa mm-hmm. and I was kind of you know like you feel like you're going through something or whatever and you go back and you read that and you just see like the uh, growth or like you, that you can access like that frame of mind yeah yeah it's you're really like, cool it's like there's memories there. built into 
that journal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, exactly. I felt the same way when I went back and read through my stuff. Yeah. I remember just feeling like I would never get out of this. And then here I am. I'm, I, I avoided even reading those for a while until I felt like I was through it. It's hard, Because I was like, fuck, I don't know if I could handle, you know. I, I'm like, I'm not quite through it. I don't know if I can handle re-feeling. Oh, dude. Felt, and, you know? and you know what's really therapeutic, too, is like I've written stuff. I've journaled through past situations and breakups and stuff. And it did. It took me years to go back. I held on to it. And I went back and I reread it. And I kind of felt that. And then I burned them. Yeah, and it felt it was that can be therapeutic. so therapeutic yeah. to be like, let it go. This is this is thing I've been carrying, physically carrying, because I wrote it down, mm-hmm. I reread it, I refelt it, I can see the growth, but then I burned it, and it's like it's I'm done with that. Yeah, and it actually helps you to move on because you know even with like your divorce, like how easy could it be for that relationship to screw? And just mess with any other relationship or potential relationship that you have moving forward. Because you carry those same that same baggage. You'll always carry the fact that that happened, but you can be just a radically positive and influential person Mm -hmm. where the flip side is like you're a mess. And people will be like, Yeah, it makes sense, you know, he got divorced, he lost, you know. Yeah. But no, like that's not the point. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um I was thinking while you were talking, I was thinking of another thing too. Um, when it comes to, okay, so let me think about when I first started getting better. How about that? Or mm-hmm. when I decided to get better. Yeah. Because I remember, you know, during it while I was pouring over all this research and like, you know, will I get better? How do I have this not happen again? How do I win my wife back? This was like when I was, this was before I was all set. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of the things I read over, it talked, you know, it talked about like the do not retaliate, you know, and all that stuff. And and the way I remember, or the way I tell people about why not to retaliate, uh, is because like you have just sustained some trauma. Like, uh, like imagine a huge gash just hit your arm, right? So you have this open sore. And as time progresses, you know, it's like, or even then it's like you could continue to pick at it, make it worse. And retaliating will just make it worse. It will, because like we've talked about, you can go to jail, you could lose your job, mm-hmm. you get kicked out of school, you know, all those things. Um, and, uh, so, you know, don't retaliate. And then also don't put the blame. That's another big thing. Don't put all the blame on that other person. Like I talked about in the beginning, like, except that you did things wrong as well. Because now you're just, otherwise you're just making excuses for yourself, you know? Yeah. Like not saying, don't justify it. When someone cheats, they cheat and there's, there's no excuse for that, you know? Yeah. Or maybe that, maybe it's abuse or whatever. There's no excuse for these like cardinal sins, you know, right? But there are things that you have done wrong as well. So by you, you know, not accepting what you're going through, it's like you're picking at a scab. You're going to make this scar worse, you know. You're going to, now all of a sudden you're going to hold on to this baggage that Eric was just bringing up because you don't accept what you have done, you know. You don't accept it as truth. You don't accept what they've done. You don't accept what you've done. So, you know, accept that and, and then know yourself like we talked about, you know. And, dude, even cry. You know, it's so funny, man. Dude, I mean, I haven't cried in a long time, but, dude, tell me. I cried some tears. Oh, I bet. Let me tell you, man. And, dude, uh, have you ever, do you know anything about crying and, like, tears? No. Dude, he's like, dude, it's actually pretty interesting. So if you think no about idea. it. No idea. So if you think about it, we are, 
there's some videos I'm sure of like dogs crying or whatever, but pretty much we are the only animals that cry. Yeah. You know? If you so, think about it. Yeah. I mean, so that's interesting like, in literal itself. Literal tears right? yeah. pour out of your face. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's weird. It's if weird. You think about it. I've never know? understood it. Yeah, right? And okay, well here, let's let's understand it more, you know? So if you think about it, we are we are a group of societies, you know. We don't live we're not loners. No, you know, we're not like a lone wolf. We live in, you know, a population. Well, we're hyper social. Hyper social, yeah. Exactly. What is crying that when you see someone crying, you're like, you want to go help them. Mm-hmm. Right? And so Honestly, crying is important while you're going, while you're feeling this pain. Yeah, it, I know for men it seems so backwards, but man, it is so therapeutic, you know. Um, so not only is it so, so it will attract people to like help you, right? So like, you know, your friends, your family, whatever your support group is, you know, it helps them, you know, come to your aid because right now you are injured and you need help. Yep. You know, so. It's good in that. Two, some other interesting facts about it. Um, so it actually helps release oxytocin. Oxytocin is a very feel-good chemical in your body. Um, it's uh, or ho- hormone. It's the same. It's the same exact uh, hormone that connects a mom to her baby. It's the same hormone that actually helps birth the baby. Actually, in a mom. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the same hormone when you when you hug a friend when you have that skin to skin contact and it's just like, you. Know, it's that feel good. Like this is what bonds people together, right? Mm-hmm. So that actually gets like flush throughout your body when you're crying and you know isn't that funny that's why you can connect with somebody like you know we weren't really that close but i was going through a really hard time and they really helped me through it and we it just we've been friends ever since mm-hmm. or like we just have had a different friendship ever since mm-hmm. i mean literally there's a chemical reason for it yeah so it helps you bond with people right um the other thing too is it releases in your actual tears it releases um cortisol so cortisol is your or stress hormone. It releases it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's wow. or there's cortisol in your tears. How, let's say that. Awesome. So you're getting rid of this stress hormone cortisol. Dang. Yeah. So you're actually alleviating some of that like anxiety, that stress you're feeling. You know, and it's also you know it's a physical activity. You're you know when you really really it's exhausting. Are crying, it's exhausting. You know? Yeah. That puffy eye, like yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. You're getting rid of that like nervous energy that you have. You know. And then Jesus. Exactly. You get that. Oh yeah, that ugly cry. If it it feels good though. Oh, the uglier the better. Oh yeah. Well yeah yeah yeah. yeah exactly. It feels good afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. They're into <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, no one feels good when you ugly cry. But uh, it doesn't even, yeah, you don't even feel good when you're helping someone with ugly crying. You're like, fuck. I know. I'm so glad. The I'm last two times I feel. cried. Um, one was when one of our dogs died. Uh, Bella, one of our little miniature schnauzers. I remember Bella. God, it was horrible. And I, dude, so, you know, we got the call. She has. Um, like a really extreme case of diabetes that came on mm-hmm. and she was having seizures and all this stuff Shit. and the medication was going to be like, oh, it's $800 a month. We should get have this surgery. It, it was just outrageous It would have been prices. an uphill battle. It would have been horrible and none of that even guaranteed she'd have a normal life. So my parents were like, okay, we're going to put her down. This is, you know what's crazy though? This was literally two months or not even two, maybe one month after our other miniature schnauzer who was like 15 died. Oh and Bella gosh. was her best friend, but Bella was only like six or seven. 
I think she was dying of like a broken heart. I swear to God. Yeah. Oh yeah. And because uh, they were best friends. That reminds me of where the old friend I grows. Know, little Ann, where the red little Ann and Big Dan. Yeah, man. dude. Yeah. And uh, so you know, my parents called me. I made it out to this like dog shelter, and I'm like looking at Bella, and she looks so sick and sad and i think she knew she was gonna die she had this look like i'd never ah. seen in my life and it just ripped literally mm-hmm. ripped me in half like i mm-hmm. like i was just writhing in fucking pain holding this dog and then the then, you know the person comes in and like there's a sweet woman but she comes in and is like okay well let me know when you're ready and then we'll put her to sleep and you're just sitting there holding this thing that's alive that you love and it's like when you're ready, you know, we'll kill her. Yeah. And I was like, I just remember thinking like, I can't, I, I can't. Yeah. And I sat oh, there yeah. for another 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Finally, I just gave her back to my mom and my dad. And I looked at her and they're like, okay, do you want to say goodbye? And I was just like, I remember looking at her, her little black face, her big black, pure black eyes. Yeah. And just kissed her. And I, I, I just lost it, dude. Yeah. I walked out. I barely made it to my car. I got in my car. I couldn't even sit in there when they put the needle in her because I, yeah. I just couldn't. Yeah. And I left and I just started f- fucking bawling yeah. for like 10 minutes. Dude, and yeah. this guy knocks on my window of the truck uh-huh. and he's like, hey. And I just, I don't, it was the funniest kind of relief though because I was bawling, dude. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was ignoring him. Terminal. I was like, dude, let me just <laughs> fucking <cry."> busy. <laughs> and I'm bawling. He keeps knocking. And then I opened the door because my car wasn't even on. I opened the door and I was like, yeah. And he's just like, it was the funniest thing though. He's like, are you a veteran? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, no. and I remember looking at him what? and I was just like, no. <laughs> and then, uh, oh gosh, I literally made the mic cut out. But I was like, no. And then uh, he just hugged me. And this stranger was hugging me while I was sobbing. No. In his shoulder. Dude, okay, you just literally gave like the perfect <laughs> yeah. example of what we just talked about. Of when what you see we just talked crying. about. Yeah. And then yeah. he was like, oh, I just thought you were a vet. I don't know why. Maybe it was my haircut. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I get and then he was just like, haircut. dude, my dog died when I was a kid. And uh, we just talked about dead dogs and for like 10 minutes. And then he literally was just like, if you need anything, let me know. And gave me his number. <laughs> Did this guy not affect you, right? Yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, man, he saw me crying. Give me a hug. Bro, and at first I thought he was a weirdo and really it was just he was just being a good human dude we literally just you just explained how like everything where I talked about it releases the oxytocin it, it signals people to reach out to you yeah You're like that is so funny I didn't even know that story and then dude that is crazy what a good example man yeah. I appreciate that seriously I'm sorry about the mic cutting out everybody I just oh. was you know so full of so that. in it so full of it yeah um but okay, so uh, so okay, let's get back on track, right? Okay, so you know, going through this tough time, I never feel like I'm gonna be happy again. And I remember telling myself, you know, I'd already lost all this weight. Uh, it's probably about it's it's fairly soon, probably about like six weeks, mm-hmm. six seven weeks after it's all said and done, right? And I remember telling myself like, okay. Legitimately speaking, I could see myself being happy again in about a year. Like it just having a sense of hope, like what or, or a sense of what happiness even feels like, because it was just turmoil until then. Yeah. Um, and then I remember telling myself, like, you know, happiness is a decision, and I can decide to be happy a year from now, or I can decide to be happy today. And from that moment on, I looked for every positive way to just make myself better. It was like I faked it till I made it, you know? All of a sudden, I was back in the gym, working out as hard as I could. 
you know, uh, I started volunteering at two different places, actually. Uh, went back to church. So, yeah, I started, I went back to church, started volunteering at church. Uh, and then I started uh, volunteering at this place. Uh, it was it was to give back to the community of people that didn't have a home, like for like homeless people, help them get jobs and stuff like that. Um, did not want to do any of this, but I kept doing it. You know, um, the other thing, uh, the other thing I did, and this is interesting. This is kind of more clinical, actually, even though it's not a medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called EMDR. Have you ever heard of that? No. So my dad is actually the one that suggested it to me because he went through some very traumatic things as a child. And uh, his uh, psychologist is the one that told him about it. And what EMDR stands for, it's eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. uh, reprocessing. Um, And basically what that is is... um, it's it's like having you know when you're asleep you have that REM sleep you know yeah so you're create while you're awake you're like almost recreating that you know so what it is is while you're I know it sounds weird right but um and you typically do it with a psychologist and they move their finger like left and right and you just keep your head straight and with your eyes you're kind of rapidly moving your eyes left and right while you're doing that you spend three minutes thinking of like the pain that you've gone through. So you, uh, so you think of like the trauma, you know? So I was thinking of, so while I'm, you know, I, I did it on a YouTube video. I'm just watching this dot go back and forth, back and forth. And, um, you know, and I'm thinking of all the pain I've been through. Maybe some of the, the images that I imagined, you know, my ex-wife with, you know, with this guy, you know, these terrible images that you conjure up yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, while so I spend three minutes doing that, and then you spend a minute where you're still, you know, moving your eyes left and right, and uh, you think of positive things. Positive, you know, first, uh, especially if you can do positive things that from this negative thing that happened, you look for positive things that kind of come from that. But if you can't, you know, especially in the beginning, you just think of positive things and keep moving your eyes left and right. Uh, and then you go back. You do basically do three rounds of that. Three minutes of like the terrible thoughts. And let me tell you, it's the fucking longest three minutes of your life. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Then you do the you know the one minute. Except on the last round, you do five minutes where you're still moving your eyes left and right, left and right. And you think five minutes of positive thoughts. And if you can do five minutes of positive thoughts, of like positive things that can happen because of this bad thing that happened to you. And I only did two sessions of that, dude. And I am telling you that was like one of the things that cured me. I I am not lying to you because like what it does and the science behind it, what's crazy is the success rate is amazing. It's crazy that this is not like how everyone doesn't know about this. So this was uh, created by, it was created in like the 1980s. I'm trying to remember, it was like Francine somebody. Anyways, uh, what it does though is so like it was for PTSD patients initially. And what it does is instead of like when you think of a memory, you know, you know, when you're going through PTSD, it's like you're reliving that situation, right? You know, your your heart, your blood pressure really goes up. Your heart rate actually goes up. Your anxiety and you know, all that thing. Instead of it just being a memory, it's like you are actually reliving through it, right? So by you doing this like rapid eye movement desensitization, you are actually moving. It's like you're you're moving this to a different part of your brain. You're no longer going to mm. be li- reliving it. You're, it's now a memory. 
And what's crazy is so uh, for patients that had, this was the first time they had something very traumatic happen to them. They had it on just one session. So 15 minutes of this EMDR, they had an 84% success rate of them no longer feeling the depression, the anxiety, or the PTSD symptoms, essentially. Yeah, wow. 84% success rate. Is that not crazy? I mean, that's just for one time, you know? Yeah. I ended up doing that twice. And after the first time, it's like I didn't want to do it again uh, because it was so terrible, just focusing on those terrible thoughts, you know? Yeah. Um, but then I started to realize like, okay, I, I actually feel a little better. You know, maybe there is something to this. I thought my dad was fucking crazy at first, you know, mm-hmm. right? Um, or his psychologist was crazy. Yeah. Um, then I did it a second round, I think like a week later. And after the second time I did it, um, dude, it it was crazy. It was like, I could think of like, yeah, my, my why because the divorce was in final so i was like yeah my wife that i'm going through a divorce with had an affair with me loves another man and i was just like yeah it's, it is what it is like that is wow. it sucks I, yeah. like i wouldn't it's like I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody wouldn't wish it on myself you know but it's like that happened yeah but i was no longer uh physically physiologically affected by it it was crazy it was really good for me right then so and then back to the other part of just you know, do, I was doing all these positive things, you know, and I was doing, and in that I'm doing research about how hardships can actually make you stronger. You know, it's kind of like we've all heard like iron sharp, sharpens iron, you know, and all that. What's crazy, there's science behind it too. And it talks about how when you go through hardships, you all of a sudden start creating new friends. So you're mm-hmm. now, built, you, you know, you're, you're looking for support groups. So now you're receiving support, right? Maybe old friends that you, you know, like us, you know, even yeah. you rekindle those old friendships, you know, you know, um, and then what's really cool is actually in your, I'm trying to remember the, it's the ventromedial prefrontal co- uh, cortex. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. Mm. You know, <laughs> yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you actually create new synapses. Nerves are now, you know, they're making different connections in this prefrontal cortex of your brain where you can now cope with things better. Wow. You can cope with pain better, you know, because of it. And so there's all these reasons of why you're now, you can become stronger. Cause you know, if you think about it, you're like, I've been through this. I surely I can be, go through that. You know what yeah, I'm saying? For sure. You know? And, um, and then, you know, the other part is, it's just, and it's always, you always got to be cognizant. Uh, and just like you like we talked about knowing yourself, knowing what stage of grief you're in, you know, are you in the anger part? Are you in the depressed part? You know, are you trying to bargain to like, Oh, I'll do this. Like, you know, just to feel happy again, I'll, I'll do this. You know, I'll go to church every Sunday, God. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, and, you know, being cognizant of that, knowing your emotions and just actually, you know, experiencing them. And then that act of, you know, just doing as many positive things as possible. It is cra- What you're doing is you're, you are creating the best person you can be. And that's the ultimate goal is to be the yeah. best person you can be. Dude. Um, and, you know, you've gone through something hard, but you are, you are doing the things that you should have been doing all along. You know, you should have been, you know, working at hard. You should have been in the gym. You should have been helping. Yeah. You should have been volunteering, you know, should have been helping other people out, you know? And, um, so it's, even though you don't feel like it, you got to fake it till you make it. And honestly, all of a sudden you realize you're there. 
like you start realizing you're getting better you're getting a little bit better you still kind of slip you know you slide you go back but um man i can tell you right now i don't regret getting married i don't regret getting married to her um because i feel like i'm a better person because of it i feel like every day to me is at least somewhat good because even if it's a regular average day or even a little bad I still honestly feel like, you know, it's a good day because you know what? It's not that turmoil that I went through, you know? Like, I know how, I know what bad days are. This is not a bad day, you know? And so, honestly, when you go through these things, psych yourself out if you need to in the beginning because you just tell yourself, it's going to be better one day. I'm going to be better. I know that you, you don't feel like it. Tell yourself, I'm going to be better. And honestly, that you, you, you get there. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went through a, a, a breakup, a pretty rough one in 2016. And what I used to do is I stopped drinking for at least six uh-huh. months. I didn't drink at all because I just knew it would make me spiral and be worse. And I used to, every day I'd go to the gym and I've always been a runner. I always go to the gym, but I, I would do, it was like 30 minutes of hell. So it would be like 30 minutes on this treadmill. I would just run at like, mm-hmm. you know, seven minute pace, drop it all the way down to like six minute a mile pace. And it was the most painful, hard run I would do. Like the hardest physical thing I would do every morning. And I would do it. And the whole time I'd just be dying. My legs burning, lungs burning, sweating, in pain. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like if I could just get to, th- if I can get through this pain to 30 minutes, I can get through anything else. Dude. And I would do that. And I reinforced it every day. And for every day, you know, six days a week, I would take Sundays off. But every, you know, six days a week for about... It took me probably eight or nine months, but I did that. And for yeah. six of those months, I didn't drink at all, like zero alcohol. I even, you know, just because I didn't even want to yeah. trigger anything. And I would do that. And I remember just putting that in my head. I saw, I started volunteering more. Mm-hmm. I actually was volunteering with Phoenix Children's. Uh, I was, you know, I was going to different stuff. I, I was reading and forced myself to read an hour a day. I just did these things that I knew. You didn't want to do it. Yeah. I didn't want to do it, but I, I did it. And it was actually really, really beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. And not just getting through a silly breakup, but it actually benefited me greatly in life because I wound up realizing I love reading. It got me big into yeah. podcasts, got me big into a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And it helped me understand that I can do a lot of things that I didn't think I, I was you know capable of. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's really po- important to be to do those kinds of things, be super positive and yeah. just push yourself through quite literally what you think is like a hell, whether it's physical or emotional. Yeah. I mean, you, it, it become, dude, that was a, you know what that reminded me of when you said that it made me think when you go through something hard, you are injured, right? And you can make that decision to just be injured or you can make that decision to be a warrior. Yeah. Like seriously, it's like, you know what? I can fight through this. I can still live through this and I'm going to prove it to myself. Yeah. You know? I'm going to go out on my shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. It's like, no, I'm not going to let someone take me out. No, yeah. this is the, the, I will not allow it, you know? Yep. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And that's why, uh, that, that, that's a big thing too. That was one thing I, I didn't really hit hard on. Working out is so important to get extremely hard despite it's okay. Despite all the endorphins that you've heard about being released, there is something about that mentality you had when you're going through that pain where you're like, I don't want to do, I don't want to do one more rep. You do one more rep and you're like, fuck it. I'm going to do three more. And you know, or it's, mm-hmm. it's on the treadmill. Mine is the stairs. I love the stair master, yeah. man. I'm just dying on the stairs. Thing is covered in sweat. And I'm like, if I can go through this, 
I can, you, yeah. I, there's other things in life I can do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You just tell yourself, you're like, you know, because when you're in that physical, just pain, that pain where every second hurts, yeah. and you do that when physically it, yeah. to yourself, and you tell yourself the whole time, like, if I could just get through this set, uh-huh. I can literally do anything, mm-hmm. you get through it, and then, like, when you are going through those other things, whether it be work or relationship, you know, whatever, turmoil, you think back to those moments, you're like, dude, I, like, this is familiar. Mm-hmm. Make that uncomfortable blanket around you. Make it familiar. Make it your friend. Because mm-hmm. life, you know, that Murphy's Law, everything mm-hmm. and everything all at once. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything oh, that yeah. can go wrong will go wrong will go at wrong. the wrong time. You know, You're ready you for it, are yeah. ready for it because yeah. you made that pain of familiarity. And like for you and your divorce, like you made that pain real familiar mm-hmm. so that it, it becomes almost not comforting, but it's so familiar to you. We try to push it away. Yeah, don't. Don't, don't brush make it, under it a rug. stranger. Yeah, make don't it a, brush it Make it rug. a close friend because, you know, they say keep your, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Absolutely. And it applies to that. It does. Absolutely. Um, oh, man, I can't even, I was just about to expound on that. But yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. gosh, it, I love it, man. Yeah, it's Just so a true. couple dudes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, just exactly. a couple dudes talking. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, but, uh, oh yeah, that, this is actually what so, I was going to say. Okay, so wrapping up, yeah. closing thoughts. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That is how you grow. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it really is. Like, that's what you were just talking about. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, like cool, you said, man. let's wrap it up. All man. right, so Just a Couple Dudes Podcast. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Just look up J-A-K-D Jacked Podcast. You can go to Podbean, look up J-A-K-D Jacked Podcast. It'll come up on both of those. We're going to try and get on Spotify to what we cover all our bases but anyone who has apple you just look us up on apple podcast it's free podbean if you have android just download the podbean app it's a free app it's a great app there's tons of great podcasts i think every podcast in the world literally is on podbean um, because uh-huh. they sync with apple that's how we get our stuff on apple so you guys should use podbean it's really awesome app um mm-hmm. we're not even i mean obviously we not literally run no advertisements on it right now so i'm not yeah. even being paid to say this i really like the podbean app and we're going to try and experiment with some other stuff maybe be on youtube um start some some mm-hmm. stuff on instagram and facebook and whatnot but i really appreciate we're at um we're almost to 1000 views we're like 900 900 or 90 something views uh-huh. um for the podcast in general all our episodes which we've only released 12 um but we've done more than that obviously so by the time you guys hear this uh hopefully it's well over a thousand but i can believe a thousand people or a thousand times it's been listened to this podcast it's really cool yeah it's a cool um, thought yeah, man, it's so awesome because this is the whole point of the podcast is to literally take stories like mine, like Anthony's, like Frank's, uh, just anyone we interview. Like it's we're just normal people telling stories because you know to be human is to have this experience that we're kind of stumbling through, and the more experiences we have and stories we share, we grow more. And you can always learn from someone else, and you can also relate. And like I think mm-hmm. that's the one thing in life that's the hardest when you go through a breakup or you're dealing with people and you're feeling so lonely, you feel pain. You you hate feeling alone in that. And you know, misery likes company. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and we do get through these things when we have when, when we know someone else has been through it and has come out in a positive light. Yeah, come you out know? the other side. Like you've gone through some dark stuff through a divorce. Yeah, but you've come out, and I mean, like Anthony's just. We'll, we'll do a whole other podcast on dating apps and uh, the dating yeah, community. No, but Anthony's talk about just the dating having the time after, of his yeah. life. Oh, really? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, honestly, some days I look at Anthony and I'm like, God, that guy's just—he lives. <laughs> yeah, that's he's just—it's like 
I let my hair beautiful. down. It, he lets his hair down. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. makes me want to like. I don't even drink wine. I want to drink wine. And when I uh, <laughs> I'm like, no, look yeah, at Anthony's life, and uh, it's it's a beautiful thing. And that's why uh-huh. I mean, we're just a couple dudes. We're taking these these big, crazy, weird topics. We bring them to the the dude terms, like the layman, mm-hmm. and we discuss them. And uh-huh. uh, thank. I, I, mean, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listens. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate it. everyone who shares it. Uh, it's been it's been awesome doing these. Yeah, it's been fun. I'm so glad I got to hop on this train. Oh, yeah. yeah it's it's been so, a fun ride. It has been, dude. Yeah. Um, so the only social media you have, Anthony, is Snapchat. But do you know your Snapchat if anyone wants to get in touch with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. How do so, people get in touch with you? Okay. Just through Snap or I'm you got an email? say my number. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, just put <laughs> no, your no. number out there. No, yeah, yeah. Totally add me on Snap. That'd be great, actually. So it's Anthony, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y, M-M-M, M as in Michael, you know, so three M's, three M's, and then Cole, C O L E. That's it. Anthony Cole. Anthony Cole. That's it. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so I hit Anthony up on Snapchat. Add the Jacked Podcast on Instagram. It's just J dot A dot K dot D underscore podcast. So again, that's J dot A dot K dot D underscore podcast. So Jack Podcast. Look it up on Instagram. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Direct message us on there if you want. To come on the podcast, you know, if you want to talk about stuff, if you want topics you want discussed, hit yeah, us up. Yeah, ask questions. Yeah. yeah like, hey. Our, yeah. our Gmail is J-A-K-D-U-D-E-S. So you share the D. So J-A-K-D-U-D-E-S, jackdudes at gmail.com. Just, you know, send us an email. And mm-hmm. uh, we're more than ready to hang and do some podcasts well, for yeah. all of you. Exactly. And so for our closing song... Oh yeah, what do you got? In Should we just go back to the love hurts, or are we looking for? Ooh, you know what's so funny when you said when we go back, you know what I thought about? I hmm. thought of a uh, what is that? It's like back to life, back, back to, to reality. <laughs> I don't know why you can play whatever you want, but that's what hit me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, St. Patty's, St. Patrick's Day's in a few days. Drink you guys, up, my friends. Uh, it will have already passed by the time y'all listen to it. Uh huh. But you got any beer left for us? Oh, to I got some beer. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it.